0: And peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is the second lesson read previously from Acts chapter 2. Thus far, the text Dear friends in Christ, there are times in life when we receive something and it is just what we needed. For example, it might be a cool glass of water when we're really thirsty. It might be a word of encouragement when we're feeling kind of down. Or it might be a night of deep sleep after we've had a long and grueling day. Whatever it is, we look back on it and conclude it was just what we needed. Well, today, on Pentecost, we focus our attention on the gift of the Holy Spirit in the lives of the disciples and in our lives as well. And we will see together that the Holy Spirit was just what the disciples needed and just what we needed as well. Our text for today describes what happened at the festival of Pentecost just 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven. Now, the festival of Pentecost was a Jewish wheat harvest festival that dated all the way back to the time of Moses. In the Old Testament, it's referred to as the Festival or the Feast of Weeks, W-E-E-K-S. And it was one of three annual festivals in which and for which all male Jews were to assemble in Jerusalem. And so, just 10 days after Jesus ascends into heaven, "...with a multitude of religious pilgrims there in Jerusalem, the stage was set for God to do something dramatic in order to proclaim the crucified and risen Savior to the multitudes of people who were gathered there in Jerusalem for Pentecost." But how was God going to do that with that group of disciples? Remember where the disciples were on Easter evening? And even one week later, on the following Sunday evening, they were gathered together behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. They didn't seem to have any inclination or desire to be out and about proclaiming the risen Christ. And then there was that infamous question, That the disciples asked Jesus just 10 days earlier, before he ascended into heaven. That question, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? In other words, Lord, is, is this the time now when you're going to set up your earthly kingdom? Is this the time when we're going to reign with you in this earthly kingdom? I've often wondered what Jesus' facial expression must have looked like when the disciples asked him that question. He had to be greatly disappointed. How was God going to do anything with this group of disciples? Disciples who seemed to be paralyzed with fear. Disciples who even at that late point in Jesus' earthly ministry asked a ridiculous question that seemed to indicate that they still didn't understand. That group of disciples that really were not learned men that group of disciples that, as far as we know, were not great orators. How is God going to get anything done with that group of disciples? Well, it's very simple. He's going to give them exactly what they needed, the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that Jesus, in our Gospel lesson for today, promises to those disciples. The Holy Spirit that he says will lead them into all truth. The Holy Spirit, he says, who will bear witness to him. The Holy Spirit that, as he promised just before he ascended, would be the power from on high that those disciples would need. And so our text describes what happened on that festival of Pentecost as the disciples were gathered together and they heard there what sounded like the rushing of a great wind and then there appeared what looked like tons of fire resting over each of those disciples and they began to proclaim the wonders of God in known languages at that time to all who were gathered there. How else can we explain what happened? How else can we explain how God used this group of men who were stricken with fear, who didn't seem to understand, who weren't educated, who weren't great orators? How else can we explain that there they are in our text, proclaiming the wonders of God with languages that they have never studied so that those who hear them will take that message of Jesus Christ back home with them to all parts of the inhabited world how else can we explain it than that God gave those disciples exactly what they needed the gift of the Holy Spirit and that same Holy Spirit would continue to abide with and live in and empower those same disciples they would never shrink back in fear ever again they would confess Jesus Christ as their Savior, even though it would cost them, each one of them, his very life, with only one exception. And those lips of Peter, those same lips that denied even knowing Jesus on the night when Jesus was arrested three times, those same lips articulated a powerful sermon on that day of Pentecost, the first part of which we have in our second lesson for today. And the result? The Holy Spirit worked through that proclamation of God's Word so that 3,000 people believed and were baptized and were added to those being saved that day. From roughly 120 to over 3,000 in one day, the Holy Spirit... Was just what those disciples needed. And the Holy Spirit is just what we needed in our lives as well. You know, when you stop and think about it, it's amazing that we even believe in the first place in Jesus Christ. For Scripture tells us that we are conceived and born with a nature that does not point us in the direction of God, but in the exact opposite direction away from God and focused inward on ourselves. And those sins of thought, word, and deed that we still commit are evidence of that fact. But it's even worse than that. Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 how the natural man, in other words, we by our very nature cannot understand the things of God for they are spiritually discerned and the natural man Paul writes considers them to be foolishness that's why Luther wrote in his small catechism as we recited it earlier in his explanation to the third article of the Creed I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in this one true faith. It's the Holy Spirit who has called us, each one of us, by the gospel. A gospel that tells us of a God who loves us with an everlasting love, a love that has caused him to send his own Son to take our place there on the cross and receive the punishment that should be ours as a result of our sin, with the result that we are now reconciled to God, and that all is right now between us and God once again. And so now, every time we see a baptism, and I'm very happy to report that yesterday at 4 o'clock, There were four baptisms that took place right here in this sanctuary. Every time you see a baptism, you see the Holy Spirit at work, calling, gathering, enlightening, bestowing the gifts of God, forgiveness, and abundant eternal life. Every time you see a confirmation, such as we shall witness here at 1045, and see people standing up in this assembly and confessing faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin and everlasting life, you're seeing the result of the Holy Spirit's work. You know, when you stop and think about it, everything that Christ did for us by his life, his death, and his resurrection once again would do us absolutely no good if it weren't for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Because by ourselves, we couldn't believe it. We wouldn't believe it. As Paul writes, no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just what we needed as he called us to faith. But he is also just what we needed when it comes to keeping us in this same Christian faith. You know, just as it is amazing that we believe in the first place, it's also equally amazing that we keep on believing as we live in this world. For we live in a world that also points us away from our Savior. Oh, 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, the Christian biblical narrative shaped how our culture and our society thought and how it acted. But those days are long gone. And some theologians today describe us as living in a post-Christian culture or a post-Christian society. And the devil, of course, orchestrates all of this in an attempt to pull us away from our Savior. The deck is strongly stacked against us as we live in this world. But thanks be to God, he has given us just what we needed to keep us in this faith, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit works through the Word as it is read, as it is proclaimed. The Holy Spirit works through his, the Lord's Supper, all in order to keep us strong and in this one true faith. Know this, that every effort of the Holy Spirit is to point you to Christ and to keep you in Jesus Christ onto life everlasting. He is just what we needed And in addition, he is just what we needed when it comes to our life of prayer. You know, I've talked to very few Christians who are absolutely satisfied and delighted with their life of prayer. We neglect prayer at times. We don't think of praying. We don't pray as often as we should. Or there are those times in life when situations are so complex that we don't even know what to pray in those kinds of situations. When Romans chapter 8, Paul writes that the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we don't know how to pray as we should, but the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. In other words, when we don't pray or when we don't know what to pray, the Holy Spirit is there praying for us before the Father with communication too deep for words to even express. And so on this day of Pentecost, we give thanks to God for the gift of His Holy Spirit, just what the disciples needed, and also as the one who calls us to faith, keeps us in the faith, and helps us interceding for us daily, He is just what we needed as well. The Holy Spirit, just what we needed. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen.